You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. Hey, how y'all doing? Tissues and water. I am complete. Sort yeah, and a pie pan. That's going to be important later. Are you going to be distracted if I just leave it out here? All right, okay, because that's bad. So I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. I want you to listen to what I'm going to say. Now, I, but I know that sounds silly, but this first part, really listen. I want you to listen, not with your ears, but I want you to listen with your entire self because I'm going to tell you something important, and that is you are loved by the Lord. You are loved by the Lord. And by the Lord, I mean the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are loved by the Lord. Here's part two of my favor. Close your eyes, please. If you want to, nothing bad's going to happen if you don't, but it would really be great if you'd close your eyes. And if you'd open up your palms, you may have to, again, this is totally on you if you want to do it or not. And I'm going to pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. More, Lord. More. More, Lord. Come, Lord. From the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. More. In your name we pray, amen. So some of you may have experienced something. You may have experienced a joy. You may have experienced a peace. You may have experienced love. You may have just experienced something. And you may not have experienced anything. And that's okay, because I'm going to tell you the same thing that we teach your kids and your grandkids down in kids' church, that if you don't, because we set aside time every Sunday to listen to God, and We tell them, and I'm telling you, if you didn't experience anything, it's no big deal. God, the Holy Spirit, is not restricted to the two minutes that we set aside. I tell them that they can hear while they're they're playing soccer or playing tag, or if they just suddenly can be overwhelmed with this whisper of, I love you. Same thing for you. I doubt there's many tag-playing, soccer-playing people in here, but if you are, go fight, win. But whether you're shopping or riding your bike or just walking through your house or at your business, the Lord is always saying that to us, that we are loved. Because God is good and he gives us good gifts. And today in our Empowered series, we're talking about um, spiritual gifts. The main uh, source, the resource I'm going to refer to is Corinthians, is 1 Corinthians 12. In your notes, however, um, there is Romans 12. Oh man, I'm sniffing already. Uh, Romans 12, um, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 
4, 11. Look at that on your own. Yes, I just gave you homework, okay? So that would be good. Um, I want to read to you um, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. This is from the message. If you prefer another version, that's great. Um, the message just puts things in a little uh, plainer language. So let's, let's be about it. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all, oh wait, why did I say that twice? Um, hmm. You just experienced a typo. <laughs> there are expressions of power in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. There's wise counsel, there's clear understanding, there's simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. All these gifts have a common origin but are handed out one by one by the one spirit of God. He decides who gets what, when. And really, we could just walk out now because that we're not going to. You're not getting out that easy. Um, but really, that, that says it, it all. The spiritual gifts are given to strengthen. They're given to encourage. They're given to help. They're given to me. The biggest thing is they are given to demonstrate the love that the Lord has for all people. All people. And if you don't believe me, then you check out John 3.16. Because the world and all, it's all, all people. Now, the spiritual gifts, they, and here comes the pie pan, so you didn't have to wait in suspense too long. So spiritual gifts are for others, okay? So um, we typically think about gifts like, oh, you gave me this gift, and today many of us may be receiving gifts. Um, ever since we were married, and I think Reese did this because I mentioned that my parents used to do this, and I just love this tradition, um, on Christmas, in the like the toe of the st yes we do stockings so so because Santa does come there so um, anyway so there's a gift that I always get and it is the little gold Godiva chocolate I've always gotten it he gives it to me every year and I love it and I mean so since the children were like tiny they would see this thing and you know we're always teaching your kids you got to share you got to and um, but not this. I would take it, and I still, to this day, if you go in our kitchen, we have the medicine cabinet, and it's ridiculously too tall as a shelf that like, I almost have to stand up like, on a chair to get to. I put it up there, even now, even this past December. And the kids, when they were little, I remember one time, they were coming in, hey, can we have a piece? No, hard no. In fact, I was, you're telling me, because like, I, as I was preparing this, I, was just, I could just take myself back and I only get myself eat one piece a day. And so I go in there, I take it down, open the box, smooth the wrapping, put the piece of chocolate in my mouth, and just, oh. I don't want anybody to talk to me. I don't want the talking. I don't want anything to mess up my mouth experiencing that Godiva chocolate, okay? That is very 
siloed, okay? It's all about me, it's my gift. Now here is another gift that my wonderful husband gave me because I asked for it, I mean, I really wanted it. I love to bake. Now I'm not good at decorating things, but I'm good at like the content. And um, that's a metaphor right there, but I'll do that another day. Um, So now, believe me, I have made pies in like, you know those glass anchor pie pans you get at the grocery store? Those are winners. But I really wanted this Emil Henry pie pan. And do you remember the days when goodness and truth reigned here in Augusta and we had a Williams-Sonoma? when civilization was real. Now the barbarians have crashed the gates. Again, another thing I can work on later. But I would go in, I would look at it and see, I just, I probably have some kind of something wrong with me, but I just gotta touch stuff. I love how stuff feels and it just communicates to me. Shut up. My child. So... Um, And it's my favorite color, purple, which is the most unwearable color God ever made, but I just love it. So this gift, again, given to me, I don't remember what the occasion was, it probably was Christmas, and um, anyway, it was given to me. But see, with this gift, I use it to make pie after pie after pie after pie. And I give those pies to my family, or maybe to you, But you see, and you see, it would be really awful, funny, but awful if I made a pie and sat down and just ate the whole thing. I already have body issues today, and then doubt would just add to it, and then you would probably just get sick and throw up. So there are some gifts that are meant to be just just for us. Scripture's clear, like you speaking in tongues, that's edifying of you, the believer, prayer language. But then... The spiritual gifts that we're talking about, they are for the good and the benefit of others. Yeah, I participate and I do enjoy, oh, and I almost brought my rolling pin because that's really, I love that thing. It's just this long wooden. Anyway, we get to participate in the gift. We experience the Holy Spirit, but then we don't just keep it in the corner like I do my Godiva. We Give it to others. Now I'm going to put this precious thing way over here so it stays precious and together and I don't break it. So they're to benefit one another. Um, Spiritual gifts are to benefit others and they're for the good of others. And to me, when Christianity is practiced well, it is completely other-centered because it's imitating Christ. Um, The gifts are always... Always, I know we're not supposed to say that word, but it, they're always for the benefit of others. So if they're so wonderful and so helpful and so great and so marvelous, why aren't we all just like chasing after them all the time? Why is the church as a whole not chasing after spiritual gifts all the time? Why are we instead sitting around fussing about who does what, where, when? Why are we not chasing after the gifts? Well, we have, there are lots of reasons. Um, I'm just going to like touch on three of them. Uh, many of us just may be afraid. Some of us may just be very disappointed in God. And some of us just may not even believe the gifts, gifts exist. Okay, so let's talk about fear first. The opposite of fear is trust. And the gifts 
of the Spirit are rooted in the character of God. Psalm 146, 4 through 9 says, Happy are those who have God of the God of Jacob for their help, whose help is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the seas, and all is in, that is in them, who keeps his promise forever, who gives justice to those who are oppressed, food to those who hunger. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord cares for the stranger. He sustains the orphan and the widow. He frustrates the way of the wicked. The Lord shall reign forever. Your Lord, O Zion, throughout all generations. Hallelujah. He is trustworthy. He can be trusted. Now, if, you, if that's your issue, I don't want you to feel shame by any stretch of the imagination. I've mentioned before I have a spiritual director. And it, it's amazing to me when I look back how many times we have to deal with the fact that I don't trust God. Because you know, we talk about the Enneagram, I'm a two, and we just think that we're just going to do all these things for you, but what we're really doing is we're controlling everything that you do. <laughs> because we just, you know, oh. And um, I think I've told this story before, but at the beginning of COVID, um, you know, when all of us started like exercising a whole lot again, um, I was out running, and the night before, I had been just like woken up, just my stomach was just in knots because I was praying so desperately for my children. And I've been that for a long time. Um, just really like, ah, oh, you know, you got to get in there and just, well, I'm running and life is good. And I just I heard the voice of the Lord as clearly as I've ever heard it. Even to this day, as clearly as I've ever heard it. And he said, it immediately it brought up that picture of me the night before, just my stomach, just, oh, and, I, and uh, the Lord's like, so that's nice that you do that. However, you cannot be in my relationship with your children. But you cannot be in my relationship with your children. And that showed to me, first of all, I didn't trust God, that I had to be in there. You know, just, if you just... But it also took, it was like that idea, or the, or the when scripture says that, you know, his yoke is easy and his burden is light, that is when I experience that. Do I still pray for my kids? Of course I do. I will till I no longer exist in this form. I, I just do. But not in that their life depends on me. That's a little egotistical. Um, but it's that control issue. So again, if you, if you have a problem trusting God, there's no shame. Just tell him. I don't know if you're going to hold up your end of the bargain. I, I'm not going to go into the whole big story again because you're probably bored with it, but when I had cancer, I had a big problem. <laughs> I felt like God didn't hold up his end of the bargain. And guess what? He did, and he brought me through that, and he brings us through all of our difficulties. And here's the deal. If we hold on to our anger and our disappointment, then um, we implode. We treat ourselves badly, and we treat others badly. So I went right into the, um, from fear to into the disappointment with God. Some of us really are. Um, you may have asked, and there's all kinds of reasons to be disappointed with God, and it's really normal. Have you, are you in any relationship that you've never been disappointed by or to that person? 
Exactly. <laughs> so why do you think it's any different with God? We're made in His image. We have feelings and thoughts. And, you know, there are just times when we don't see the whole picture. There are just times when we don't. There are times that you may have prayed for somebody to be healed and they, they weren't. You may have actually asked God for um, some of the gifts of the Spirit and you feel like you haven't received them. There are all kinds of reasons um, for us to be maybe disappointed. But God is faithful. And I want to show you a picture of a picket fence because that is what the kingdom of God is like. You see, the kingdom of God is not in our control It'd be a pretty sad kingdom if we controlled it and said, what a pitiful God if we controlled him. But the kingdom of God is like a picket fence. You've got wood and you've got space. Is it all space? No. Is it all wood? No. It is both things and it is the fence. The kingdom of God, God will do what God will do. And we have to trust that all that he does is in love. You may not believe in spiritual gifts. And if you don't, a lot of scripts, see, I grew up Pentecostal. So we were like, that was, <laughs> we were there to defend speaking in tongues all the time, you know. And I appreciate that. I'm not mocking. I am deeply thankful. But that was just where, and people always brought up this particular scripture. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 8, it says, and again, using the message, love never dies. Inspired speech will be over someday. Praying in tongues will end. Understanding will reach its limits. We know only a portion of the truth, and what we say about God is always incomplete. But when the complete arrives, our incompletes will be canceled. Oh, I love that. What that scripture is referring to is not the canonization of scripture. It's referring to the second coming of Jesus Christ. When Jesus comes, when there's the new heaven and it's the new earth, there won't be any sickness, there won't be any death, there won't be any violence, there won't be any hatred. We won't need help in this way. Right now, we need, every, we need help in every which way we can get it. So spiritual gifts are given to everyone, both the mature and the immature. Um, it doesn't matter if you're an experienced believer or a brand new believer. They aren't merit badges. We can't do anything to earn these. They are gifts. Okay, they are gifts and they are given. Um, the Holy Spirit will give us what we need when we need it because he does see the whole picture. And, you know, I, just, I referenced a minute ago us teaching, you know, the kids in the kids' building, give them that freedom, that space to hear the voice of God and to experience you know, his presence. Um, same thing with spiritual gifts. Um, we do a camp, and we're changing it from a, a week camp to we're doing it every Sunday in June, so the whole kids' ministry gets to benefit from it, but storms, uh, serving together on a real mission. And so we're going to be doing that in June. But one of the things that we do, and this is for you know, typically second graders through fifth graders, we have a spiritual gifts assessment that we give these kids. And the first time I did, I thought, oh, what if they think this is like a test and it's not fun, it's boring, it's terrible. Well, they lit up. And, you know, it just went like, I'm a leader or I'm a person that loves mercy. And it was just wonderful to see that unlocked. Now, we did have to have a little correction because being a leader doesn't mean you're bossy. 
That was a thing, still a thing for some of us, all the time. One time, Lily's like, oh, when it was Emma Catherine, she was like, she was, they were little, and she's like, Lily's so bossy. I said, everybody in this house is bossy. Just cross the board. Spiritual, give, spiritual gifts demonstrate, and I stand by that. <laughs> um, it just grows exponentially. Um, but they'll be able to survive in the wild. <laughs> spiritual gifts demonstrate the love of the Lord to individuals. And as individuals, we make up the church. And so the Lord uses these gifts to strengthen his church, the bride of Christ. Um, I was recently at a conference, and I heard a short talk by a gentleman, Horst Schultz. He is one of the founders of Ritz-Carlton, and um, he is um, German, and it has you like I butchered his name there, but um, he was saying that he's still very connected in Germany, and he said his tradi- the traditional churches are dead, and they're empty. He said, but there are these born-again churches, and they're filled to the rafters. And he said, now from a product standpoint, I look at this, and what happened was the traditional churches decided we're going to be like the people. We're going to just have the same concern. We're just going to be like them. The, what he called the born-again churches, they preached the gospel. They preached the love of God. And so he said, basically, the traditional churches have nothing to offer, whereas the born-again churches, they have everything that we're hungry for. So the body of Christ, the second half of 1 Corinthians 12 is devoted to this metaphor between the human body and the body of Christ. All parts are working together for the good of the entire body. I want to read to you verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ. Each of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those with speaking of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do You have the gifts of healing. Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But eagerly seek the greater gifts. And now I will show you the most excellent way, love. And the next line is, though I speak with the tongues of angels and have not love, it goes right into the love chapter. Because these are gifts and they are bathed in the spirit and the mercy and the love of God. And they are to show us, remember, we're a conduit, and we get to show love. If the worship team wants to go ahead and come up, that would be a good time. Going back to what Mr. Schultz says, what do we have to offer? We live in a very dark, terrible, confusing world. I mean, that's just, that's just true. But if we, the church have the open arms of Christ, the open heart of the Trinity. We are what people are looking for. People are, humans are 
longing for an encounter with the beautiful, the precious, the amazing love of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And that is what the spiritual gifts are.